This broadcast is rated PG-13 for prolonged sequences of coherent sentences, strong opinions, mind-blowing factual analysis, minor language, and hardcore roasting. Some material may be inappropriate for fragile precedents. Whiny baby strongly cautioned. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the realest fake news show of all time. My name is Paul, and I'm here because lately politics has given me a heartburn. And my name is Glenn, here because I write news articles online, and my opinion matters. And together, we make PG-13 your favorite NSFW news podcast in the entire Western Hemisphere. NSFW meaning not safe for Washington, of course. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at PG-13Podcast, and like us on Facebook to join in our discussion. So get your waivers signed and strap yourselves in. You're in for a bumpy ride. President Trump, I'd like to apologize. On behalf of you, to me, and your apology is not accepted. All right, you know, Glenn, now that we're moving into the realm of political news and amateur investigative reporting, I I just can't help but feel a little concerned for my safety. And, you know, I heard something the other day about how journalists are the enemy of the American people or some bullshit like that. Yeah, I don't want to be the enemy of the American people, Glenn. I just want this show to be groovy like a drive-in movie. What's up with the harsh label? I think we all want it to be groovy like a drive-in movie. Um, But... The enemy of the American people comes from, I bet you could guess it, Donald Trump. What? Uh, on yeah, exactly. Big surprise. I'm so surprised. But on, twi- <laughs> on Twitter, on February 17th, uh, President Trump posted that the media is not the enemy of him, but the enemy of the American people. Um, and that, that's the, the label that is associated now. And it's a little funny because something we've been seeing um, quite often, especially after the whole Kofefe uh, gate. Uh, if you want to call it that, when (laughs) President Trump tweets something and then he deletes it and then he tweets it again in a different fashion. He did that with this tweet. He said, uh, first he started off with the the fake news media failing New York Times, CNN, NBC News, and many more is not my enemy. It is the enemy of the American people. Sick, deviating from his usual sad. (laughs) But um, he then deleted that and added more news outlets to it. So he said... The fake news media failing New York Times, NBC News, ABC, CBS, CBN is not my enemy. It is the American enemy of the American people. Um, so that was the final tweet. And he's kind of been railing on the media. And he actually called out these uh, different organizations like he does now in his press conferences and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that was the origin of the enemy of the American people uh, kind of label. Right, and he's even brought back the uh, the acronym MSM. I mean, mainstream media. That's that's back right. in circulation now. We hadn't seen that for a while. Yeah, he he's trying to fit as ma- as many words in his tweets as he can. So he, he has to uh, he has to either use fake news or MSM. I mean, we fake need to, MSM. I mean, he's got it. I mean, he's got the best words, as he says. So we gotta we he gotta fit as many as possible. Word. He does have the best words, and there was actually uh, from Slate, uh, which is a left leaning news outlet. Uh, they, they they wrote an article shortly after this tweet that said Trump calling the media an enemy of the American people is reminiscent of uh, Joseph Stalin yeah. and Mao. Um, and it's pretty interesting to see the comparisons of authoritarian leaders with the media is, although Trump's done nothing of concrete um, in terms of policy or law to, to limit press, he's done some things in the White House to limit press access, but um, in terms of overreaching law, um, he hasn't done anything yet, but I think everyone's afraid of heading heading in that direction. Right. I mean, every day, I mean, it's, it seems like every time he gets on stage in front of a television, he talks about how he wants to cut the mainstream media out of circulation. As everyone knows, he's very 
no holds barred on the media uh, via Twitter. He's been tw he's been tweeting since he started running running for office about how fake the media is, and right. ever since fake news became a popular uh, topic, he's been using that to uh, call out the mainstream media, even though he obviously doesn't know what fake news is. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of his tweets on Twitter. I mean, a lot of those are relatively unsubstantiated. So I'm not. Should, should, we, should we go over them? Should, should we yeah, go over I actually. For our viewing, for your viewing pleasure, all of you out there, I've actually collected every single instance of Donald Trump tweeting fake news from May 28th to now. Um, so we uh, beginning on May 28th, uh, it says, uh, whenever you see the word sources say in the fake news media, they, and they don't mention names, dot, 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 new tweet, because we have to include the best words, it is very <laughs> possible that those sources don't exist, but are made up by fake news writers. Hashtag fake news is the enemy. Two tweets, fake news has been said, three times. Um, again on May 28th, does anybody notice how the Montana congressional race was such a big deal to Dems and fake news until the Republicans won? V was poorly covered. And I think I think he was trying to say was very poorly covered. So if you're going to say was V poorly covered, that's fine. But like, if you're going to try to be hip with the youths, at least please try to do it correctly. I feel yeah. I feel patronized at that point. Um, Again on May 28th, that was a roll for him, it was a good day. Uh, the fake news media works hard at disparaging and demeaning my use of social media because they don't want America to hear the real story. I'm not even gonna, we, we, we'll go into that in a second. He's got some more similar tweets along that vein. I, I think if there's one thing the media doesn't have a problem with, it's his use of social media. As right. we can see right now, right. And I mean, if we if we go up to even more recently, uh, what did he tweet? He was tweeting about how oh, the, uh, June sixth, the fake MSM is working so hard to get me not to use social media. They hate that I can get the honest and unfiltered message out. And I don't, I don't think he understands the dynamic of the situations. That right. I mean, it's right, very right. possible that his aides and his cabinet members are telling him that the fake news doesn't want him to use social media. But they don't want him to use social media. The fake, the, like the mainstream media and the fake news, as he calls it, they love it. They eat it up. Yeah, I mean, J Jake Tapper from CNN actually tweeted shortly after that tweet um, yep. that that that's exactly right. That the media eats up his tweets and and they love uh, covering that. And it was kind of like a turn on its head because he says the fake mainstream media is working so hard to try and get me not to use social media when his use of social media is playing against him especially in this supreme court fight for his travel ban absolutely and actually speaking of the travel ban i think when we uh you know when we saw the the explosions at the ariana grande concert in manchester um mm -hmm. i i have pulled up here donald trump just had a meltdown on twitter um beginning with we need to be smart vigilant and tough we need the courts to give us back our rights we need the travel ban as an extra layer of safety and then I, I, I really want to know what happened in the White House, because then all of a sudden he just goes, people, the lawyers and the courts can call it whatever they want, but I'm calling it what we need. And that is a travel ban. And then he goes on to say, um, you know, this is ridiculous. We're not going to be politically correct anymore. I'm going to call it exactly what I want. Basically, you guys can suck it. This is a travel ban. Deal with it. And I was like, what happened to you? Who I want to know. If, I want to know if any of his lawyers just secretly resigned right, right then and there because they knew just all right. That's it. Right, but like, what, what prompted that? Like, he, he obviously he's not upset about Manchester because he doesn't have feelings, um, <laughs> you know. So like, what got him so angry that he just had such a detrimental meltdown that like went against everything his base had been trying to build? He just demolished months of of, of spinning 
from his and, from his and they're using conference. and they're using his tweets in court that was part of part of yeah, the decision it, from the ninth circuit was citing his tweets yeah for sure and it's, it's just it's just unbelievable that like he goes on about you know the fake news media and how they're trying to disparage him and how they don't want him to use social media and then he just destroys himself on twitter <laughs> he does it to himself it's like i i watch uh, brooklyn 99 and yeah. um one of my favorites from um from Jake, the main character, he goes, ooh, self-burn. Those are rare. Like, they're not rare anymore. Like, nope, every single rare. day, Donald. I know I mentioned before his original tweet calling the media the enemy of the American people. He went back on June 6th. Um, I, I mentioned before that he mentioned all these uh, news outlets. On June 6th, he said, sorry, folks, but if I would have relied on the fake news of CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, Watch Post, or New York Times, I would have had zero chance winning White House. I mean, he's not, he's not wrong. Yeah. No, he, he's not wrong, but it's not fake news. Right. That's the, that's the thing. So what he's saying is that if I could make myself accountable and only tell people what I wanted, yeah. I would have been fine. But if I let people hold me accountable for my actions without ranting on Twitter, yeah. my fanatical I base, <laughs> then I would have lost. And I don't know. I don't know really, Donald, if that is the best remark about yourself. I don't know if that's a really... It, you know, endearing quality. Yeah, that's you. That's not really the type of egotistical thing he would usually say. Right. Um, and then he went back on uh, in June 11th, kind of taking a different tone of it, saying that the fake news, the mainstream media, doesn't report the great economic news since Election Day. And he mentioned some stats for uh, the economy, and the economy has uh, done yeah. surprisingly well since since he uh, came into office. But it was already doing well. Um, and I think what he means by that, first of all. You have entire news outlets like Bloomberg, a lot of the Wall Street Journal, dedicated to business, economics, things like that, and covering those issues. What he doesn't like is that these outlets are not crediting him for the success. They want to say Trump makes Dow go up 16%, as he quoted, NASDAQ up 19.5%. Uh, he wants them to credit him with drilling an energy sector and creating new coal mines. That's what he's upset about, not the fact that they don't report it, because they do report it. And right. I, you know, I follow business news. There, like I said, Bloomberg is a business news outlet. Um, so, and and all news outlets have a business and um, economy section. So, that's just plain false. Uh, what he's saying. Well, I mean, and then you've also got. I mean, they've come out before about when we were when terror was in its peak of conversation, as as it's been many times. But they're like, I mean, there are terror instances that you guys haven't even reported. And like, yes, we have. Yeah, and then they tried to prove it, and then the media came back and said, yeah, we did report on all those things. Here they are. And then they shut up about it because they knew they were wrong. Yeah. Like CNN actually did something pretty cool, and they put, uh, they did a whole list of their reporting on each um, incident that they mentioned on that list uh, a few months ago. So just they, they keep getting caught uh, with their tail between their legs. I'm seeing a but lot just of fake news coming out of the White House. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but just the other day, on June 13th, he tweeted again, The fake news media has never been so wrong or so dirty. Purposely incorrect stories and phony sources to meet their agenda of hate. Sad. <laughs> it's back to back sad. With, back, back with the sad. And then again on June 13th, he said, Fake news is at an all-time high. Where is their apology to me for all of the incorrect stories with three question marks? <laughs> he used three whole characters in question marks. Um... I mean, in terms of the, in, what I think is funny about their, you know, the fake news media has never been so wrong or so dirty and purposefully incorrect stories and phony sources, cite your sources. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, what what are you talking about? And he, he like he no follow the same up. Exact, no, yeah, no. he does this. He does the same exact thing that himself that he blames the media for being fake news, like not revealing sources and saying all these baseless claims and then not supporting them. That's exactly what he's yelling at the media for doing, except they've been proven to be right more often. Right. And I mean, like, I, I get it. You know, we've got, you know, the news, the news has people who go and give them information and they'd rather remain confidential. Fine. You know, it's not, it's not the most reliable piece of journalism to use sources like that, but Hey, I mean, it's information given out, but you know, it's more reliable than, you know, just taking to Twitter and, you know, he's, you know, he's been known to retweet articles that are just blatantly false. If you looked at them for two seconds, he's, he's been known to tweet things that are actually fake news. Right. Like things that are blatantly false. So, and like, he's gone, and, on, he's gone on Alex Jones's show, who's a conspiracy theorist, like things like that. Like he's blaming the mainstream media for fake news, yet he contributes to fake news, actual fake news. I watch compilations of Alex Jones yelling when I like to relax. <laughs> gives me when a good you like chuckle. to relax. Yeah, it gives me a good chuckle. I just watch videos of Alex Jones melting down over nothing. It makes you feel relaxed because you're not as angry as he is. You're absolutely right. Like, you know, like, um, I feel like if he dropped his pen, he would just flip a desk over. He's the kind of, that's the kind of man I feel like Alex Jones is. Probably. Maybe we'll have him on like uh, Megyn Kelly did. Dude, that'd be awesome. Get him <laughs> um, on the show. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the enemy of the American people, let's move on from Donald Trump because he's done enough damage. But okay. what we're trying to figure out is, has the damage that he's done and the rhetoric that he's put forth contributed to uh, damage done across the board and uh, included other reporters. So there was an incident that happened in Montana that became pretty famous overnight. Um, Paul, why don't you go into that one a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I was I was reading an article in the New York Times um, about, you know, Gianforte from Montana and how he body slammed a reporter. And mm -hmm. so let's let's have it. Let's have a little chat about that. So I just want to read a quote before I begin from The New York Times about this situation where uh, the quote was begin in this time of intense partisanship, shiv into kidney politics and squabble over the meaning of truth. Can Americans come together and agree that a politician slamming a journalist to the ground for asking a question is wrong? And the answer, mm -hmm. as it turns out, is no. End quote. New York Times. Now. Uh, candidate Gianforte uh, made national news for knocking uh, Ben Jacobs, a reporter, to the ground. Um, allegedly, uh, according to Gianforte, that Ben Jacobs grabbed his wrist, um, which was a statement contradicted by numerous other witnesses. So we, yeah. that's kind of the jury's still out on that one at the moment. Um, we should, also, many we should also point out that, um, first of all, Ben Jacobs is from The Guardian, and he was mm -hmm. asking uh, Gianforte a question about the recently passed Republican health care bill in the House. Um, right. And I believe his question pertained to whether or not sexual harassment or sexual assault would become a pre-existing condition. Right. He also asked uh, if he supported it despite the CBO score that had just been released. Right. So perfectly reasonable questions um, that Gianforte was declining to answer. And so, you know, I mean, with being within earshot, you know, Ben Jacobs just kept asking. Um, now, many conservatives have applauded Gianforte's behavior, and some journalists are even reporting aftershock incidents of threats of physical violence. And I mean, to be fair, all of this did kind of start during Donald Trump's campaign rallies, but we'll leave that for a separate point. Uh, I think the most poignant bit of all about this is this guy got elected. He won his election with 50.6% of his vote. Yep. And the president of the United States didn't even win his popular vote. You heard me, Donald. You heard what I said. 
And Gianforte actually won his majority vote, even with an assault on film with charges pending. It's unbelievable. And he was cleared of jail time, will be forced to undergo 40 hours of community service and 20 hours of anger management with six months deferred sentence while in office. Yep. Unbelievable. Can you explain if people don't know what a deferred sentence is? So a deferred sentence in Gianforte's case is essentially he's got a six-month deferral uh, for 40 hours of community service and 20 hours of anger management, which means that he has a six-month time period to complete 40 hours of community service and 20 hours of anger management. If he completes those things within that six-month deferral period, the judge will more likely than not just throw out, his, throw out the case and he won't have to do anything else. If he doesn't do those things within those six months deferral period, he will probably go to jail. And I just think that this is the most absurd thing, just because, you know, this reporter was like, it was contradicted on numerous witness accounts. The judge called, you know, his behavior completely unacceptable. He's mm -hmm. serving in office right now. Yeah. And he has a deferred sentence with minimal penalties. It's unbelievable. So he could leave Congress in handcuffs, basically. He's not, he's, he's not gonna. I mean, 40 hours of community service and 20 hours of anger management is easy. It's nothing, yeah. He has to, he has to like choose not to do that if he's gonna go to jail. And I, I don't think he's, I don't think anybody would be that stupid. So right. as, lo as long as he puts in an effort to get his, to get his stipulations done, he'll be fine. And he's gonna walk away from it scot-free. But a lot of the, the debate around this issue was, is it okay for this guy to tackle a reporter? Well, and you would think that's that an easy, easy. You think that's an easy answer. Yeah, you would think, but it's not. Well, it, it is for most people, but it's not something that will, it didn't cost him the election. You know, just, it, that just makes me so mad. Yeah, it's it was unfortunate, and maybe had it occurred earlier, it might have worked. But since it was on the eve of the election, I think people were already set to go vote. They were ready to go. If anything, maybe some people stayed home, and that's why the it was so close. Mm -hmm. But even then, um, I think people were already set to vote for him, and, and this wasn't going to change that. Mm -hmm. That's just and it, and and it kind of goes back to what we were saying um, in previous episodes about how people are just so against Democrats um, that that even this and you know people voted for Trump and he he never physically assaulted someone, but he did a lot of unsightly things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he says he's assaulted people before sexually, but not, yeah, not physically, not you know, punching them in the face or body, slamming them to the ground kind of way. Right. And around the same time, uh, moving on to another issue, we had uh, a reporter that was arrested for just asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, so, reporter uh, Daniel Heyman of Public News Service in West Virginia mm -hmm. uh, was arrested after trying to ask Health and Human, Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price questions as he was walking through a public lobby um Heyman said he was asking price whether domestic violence would qualify as a pre-existing condition under the republican health care bill um so Heyman was handcuffed arrested and charged with willful disruption of governmental process uh, a misdemeanor he was he was released on five thousand dollars bond according to npr um but they never even though they charged him they never really specified what he what governmental processes he was uh, disrupting um just the criminal you know, those, complaint those ones those those right he uh <laughs> the criminal complaint accuses Heyman of aggressively breaching the secret service agents to the point where the agents were forced to remove him a couple times from the area and causing a disturbance by yelling questions otherwise doing his job right um and 
Press groups from across the country and press advocacy groups were urging Capitol Police, who uh, run the West Virginia State Capitol, which is where this took place, they urged the Capitol Police to drop the charges against him because they viewed that it was unfair, he was just doing his job. Um, but it's it's another kind of issue in this time as to whether or not this will be viewed as okay or not. This is absurd. I mean, it's just like, I I understand if, you know, you've got somebody who, in the case of Ben Jacobs, if he did, in fact, grab the politician, that's that's one thing. But Which he did. Right. It's been discounted on several by several witnesses. And you've got a reporter who was arrested for just asking questions. And I don't like this. They said that the Secret Service had to remove him multiple times. I don't know if that was corroborated or not. It didn't sound like it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got we've also got the situation where, you know, you had, you know, protesters beat up by Turkish bodyguards and nothing was done about that, you know, for exercising their their First Amendment rights and freedom of speech. I mean, it's. It's just—it's a very concerning pattern that we're seeing here, and like there's, and not as concerning as that it's happening because people are angry, and you know that's you know people and human beings are scary, and that's fine, but nothing's being done about it, right. which is the scary part. Like there's no, there's no uh, penalties, right? And it's because I think um, this, you know, this in in just my opinion, I think that because this administration uh, is just so against the press that there's just an overarching view that the press is the enemy of the people. And that's just couldn't be more wrong. The press works for the people. Right. Another example of kind of restrictions put on the press on Tuesday, June 12th, according uh, the Hill reported that reporters were told that they could no longer uh, film or record audio of interviews in the Senate side hallways of the Capitol building. Right. Um, normally public areas uh, that they are they've been free to use to talk to senators and different aides and stuff so that was brewing all over twitter thinking that they were putting restrictions on the press not letting them in public areas uh later that day uh chairman of the rules committee richard shelby clarified that there would be no changes to the existing rules uh, and he said it was just a staff inquiry that he wanted to get looked at so he was looking into i guess changing the rules and seeing what uh, could be done about them, but nothing has been concretely changed yet. But a lot of people were up in arms about this. Pro- uh, the press and a lot of lawmakers were uh, protesting that this could happen. Even Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, tweeted, maybe not the right moment to lower the secrecy veil on Congress. To whoever is trying to protect senators, we can fend for ourselves, end quote. So they're, they're already upset that the Republicans are doing a secret health care bill and they're not telling anyone what's in it and all that's happening behind closed doors. And then just adding this on to restricting the press from even being in there was kind of over the line for a lot of people. Right. So I guess the big question here is, you know, we've got a growing atmosphere of animosity towards the press and towards, you know, people expressing themselves and trying to, you know, keep the administration accountable for, you know, all of the crap that it's been spewing and all of the lies and, you know, that's been met with physical violence and, uh, you know, some bullying, if dare I say, from upwards in the administration. So the the question that comes to mind is more, you know, what can we do about it? I mean, what can the average American citizen do? And, you know, unfortunately, the the answer to that question is complicated. And the, on face value, it's not a not a whole lot. Um, you know, a lot of these things are happening, you know, above the heads of most of us, you and me, Glenn included. I mean, we can we can put put our voices out there, make ourselves heard to the best of our ability. But you know what what it comes down to is that you know when things like this happen, when you have reporters being body slammed, when you have you know 
healthcare bills being put through without anybody's kind of input. The only thing that we can do is we need to remain vocal. Everybody needs to remain vocal about all of their opinions and all of their issues. And they ha we have to, we can't be afraid to, you know, yell out of our apartment window, you know, this is not acceptable, this will not stand. And because the moment that people stop doing that is the moment that Trump gets what he wants is I feel what it seems like he's either passively or actively trying to do is we talked about this a little bit when I was in school for national security and you know I don't I don't want to be making any illusions here I don't want to be accusing anybody of anything I'm just making you know a contextual um, bridge here um, a big strategy for terrorist groups like the terrorist groups that you know uh, concocted 9/11 uh, there the the strategy is uh, normalization and what the goal is, is they'll, they'll be a strike and then nothing until people wait and, not, and you know people get used to the status quo again. They stop suspecting that something's going to happen. And then there's another strike mm -hmm. and then there's nothing and people get used to it again. And it seems like there's a similar strategy going on here where the news is just getting so outrageous every day that people are just getting used to it. And they're, you know, people are starting to stop speaking out about it and the only way that the trump administration is successful in sweeping the american people and sweeping the first amendment under the rug is when people start getting complacent and people start getting used to it yeah and i think one thing that's been one of the key points of people who are quote unquote in the resistance is don't let it be normal don't this right. is not normal don't let it be normal remind yourself every day that it's not normal um, and then use that motivation to make your voice heard and and try and make that difference, you know, even on the lo most local levels. Right. Um, but, you know, in terms of what we can do to preserve press freedom, if you have the money, donate to a press freedom group. You can donate to the reporters committee. You can donate to museum. You can donate to a bunch of other press groups that are advocates uh, the Society of Professional Journalists all of these groups try to preserve press freedom and you can donate to them and you can support them volunteer if you can you can also subscribe to real news organizations like New York Times Washington Post uh, the Wall Street Journal these organizations that are doing real news and real reporting and are being attacked by the president but those are his attacks they're not um, conclusive of the quality of these organizations and the more support they have the more the the better they can do their job and the more accurate they can be and the more people they can reach the the better off we all are in being educated absolutely absolutely and, and if you want to support the press you know there's there's plenty of places to do it uh we'll post on our facebook page and our twitter after this website where you can go uh support freedom of the press all right, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of PG-13 with Paul and Glenn. I hope you learned a little bit more about press freedom and the importance of it. We're going to be back again next week with another great topic to talk about. Please follow us on Twitter at PG-13 Podcast. Like us on Facebook at PG-13 with Paul and Glenn. And join in the discussion if you ever want to reach us uh, or give us any ideas for things to talk about. Just either comment or tweet at us or send us a message on Facebook, or you can always email us at uh, paulandglenn13 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much, guys.